The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. As you've been hearing, over 100,000 homes and businesses are without power this morning as Storm Debbie wreaks havoc across the country. Uh, joining me now, Linda Hughes, meteorologist with Met Aaron. Linda, good morning. Good morning. Now, this almost took us by surprise. We heard about Storm Demi, Debbie looming and suddenly it's here and now it's virtually gone. So what's been happening? Yes, it's actually been a very quick moving storm. So the main impact did happen overnight. Um, around midnight, the storm was just developing really off the southwest coast of Ireland. So it made landfall between Galway and Clare around 3am overnight. So it fairly quickly moved northeastwards. At the moment, it's centred over Ulster. So the main impacts have already occurred, really. So the strongest winds moved in over the west overnight. Uh, we had a gust of 115 kilometres per hour in Athenry and Galway um, at around 5am this morning. So the system is moving away. So it is going to move uh, way to the northeast. Um, so it is an improving situation at the moment. Now, people were remarking that uh, late yesterday afternoon, there were a, a few counties, a handful of counties with a red warning and suddenly bang, the whole country virtually given a red warning. How does that happen so quickly that we don't have a, an earlier warning of how wide the effects might be? Well, in general, um, our forecast models are, are good at predicting out several days. But in some instances, we just can't give as much warning um, if there isn't as much certainty leading up to an event. So some things can um, can be quite um, short notice, uh, in particular this this storm. Um, so we also get new model data every three hours um, with our high resolution uh, model for Ireland. So every three hours we're getting new information into us in the forecast office. So that can mean a warning goes out red for, for certain counties. Three hours later we're getting in new information with the new observations put into the model um, and that can that can change. That can mean the stronger winds are now expected in, in different counties or additional counties. So it can uh, be quite a fast-changing uh, situation that we have to deal with, particularly with these very small, low-pressure systems that form um, quite near to us and rapidly deepen as they move up across the country. The, the centre of that low, um, there's going to be light winds, and if, if that shifts in any way south or north, the areas that will be most impacted can change. So yeah. sometimes it can be quite a changeable situation, even for the warnings at short notice. Now, do you have direct liaison with um, you know other institutions like the the, the schools, um, the travel tra- travel people? You know, be it Erin uh, Road or uh, Dublin Bus or Bus Erin. Uh, do you liaise with them directly, or do they look at the warnings and make their own decisions based on what you've been saying? Well, we issue the warnings and the forecasts and, and then we're really liaised with the um, National Director for Fire and Emergency Management. So we, we're on the briefings with them in the lead up to any events like this. If there's going to be any impactful weather, briefings are set up and we're in constant communication with them, with all the county councils as well. They can, you know, they have our phone number. They, they can ring if they're concerned about anything in their area 24-7. So they're the kind of... Um, agencies that we're in direct contact with and then it's up to them to pass on information mm. then to, to other agencies. Okay. So it's not really direct from us. Now you embrace the, I presume, the precautionary principle uh, when you're issuing these yellow, orange and red warnings 
because you wouldn't like people to be saying, you never told us and now we have so many trees down and perhaps so many fatalities. Yeah, I mean, that's our main aim in Metair and we do want to keep people safe. We we don't want to see damage to properties as much um, as much warning as we can give to people so that they can do whatever is necessary to protect their their properties and lives. So, yeah, we do take extra precautions. Um, you know, it's better to have that red warning out, make people aware, even if we we don't get the observations of red level winds. Um, you know, it can it can be very dangerous mm. conditions, um, even with it with an orange level wind warning. And um, you know, we've seen yeah. the the reports today. So, um, yeah, we we do want to keep people safe. That's our, our main. Okay, and finally then, Linda, did the storm lead uh, live up to the expectations of those red and orange warnings? Um, yeah, we got several um, orange level um, wind speeds and wind gusts um, overnight. So as I said, 115 kilometres per hour was the highest uh, recorded at 5am um, in Galway. So several areas did see uh, there were widespread yellow level wind speeds and gusts as well. Um, so that's just in the, the areas where we do have observations. We obviously don't have observations in every part of the sure. country, um, unfortunately. But uh, So higher, higher wind speeds and gusts are, are very likely in in areas that we don't have the observations. All right. Well, look, Linda, thank you very much for joining us. Linda Hughes, meteorologist with Met Aaron. Uh, we're joined also by uh, Kieran Christie, General Secretary of the ASTI, because as you know, uh, schools uh, have deferred openings. And to find out to, to what extent, uh, Kieran is joining us. Kieran, what's the story with secondary schools? Well, good morning, Pat. And uh, information is sketchy. It's just past nine o'clock. And uh, I suppose the local assessments are being made in schools right across the country. But the objective is to get schools up and running as normal as soon as possible uh, today in accordance with the warnings that have been set out. Um, I, I suppose the limiting factors on that are, are transport and, and power power most especially because we are aware that there are some schools uh, throughout the country where there is no sure. power available. You mentioned at the top of your own piece there 100,000 customers and, and schools yeah. are among those. And you can't open if you don't have power that's for sure. Obviously not. Yeah. Uh, so so the the question of disruption and uh, no school buses uh, available um, parents I suppose will therefore have to drop their kids to school as soon as they get a notification. What's the protocol here? Does well, each individual school text out to the parents to say we're opening at 10, we're opening at 11, we're not opening at all? Well, most schools uh, will be in text contact with parents and some would be putting notices on their school websites as well. So what what would be a sensible uh, uh, course of action for any parent is to, to, to engage with the normal school policy in relation to that. And schools are very proactive in, in getting the information out. And I'm sure that that's happening as we speak in many instances, Pat. Yeah. Do we know to what extent uh, secondary schools, and it's a very broad question, uh, depend on you know, public transport and school bus transport to get the student body in, you'd imagine it would be more dependent at primary level rather than at a second level? Well, I would think this morning it'd be more dependent on, on what category of, of uh, colour of warning you were under and are under nationwide. Uh, you know, the red warning is just finished there at 9am uh, and uh, the orange one's still 10, as I understand it, and the yellow to mid-afternoon. Uh, so I, I would imagine that the picture will vary in terms of school buses throughout the country. And uh, the, the, again, the best thing to do would be to keep an ear to your radio and to your local radio. Not, not that you yeah. want to hear that, Pat. And uh, um, uh, 
uh, all sorts of people. Yeah. On, and and would, there, telling you. would there be a situation where the school buses going to schools would actually uh, resume or will they just say, well, you know, find your own way to school and we'll take you home? To be honest, Pat, I have no information on that. All right, so I we'll try. And, I really don't. We'll try and clarify that. Uh, Kieran Christie, General Secretary of the ASTI, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Sean Yates is uh, NBRU Dublin Bus uh, Chairman. Uh, Sean, good morning. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm grand. Um, and indeed, I passed several bus stops this morning with people waiting for a Dublin bus, which were not going to arrive. Yeah, well, well, unfortunately, from from our members' point of view, Dublin Bus were very quick off the mark to to protect their employees, which we have to commend them on that. Unfortunately, communication to customers may have been a little bit bit uh, lacking, but I know on their website they were. Unfortunately, when when the red weather warning comes out. Uh, it, there's a risk to life and therefore the protection of the members is, is, is first and foremost and, and, and we have to commend Dublin buses how quick uh, at midnight last night even we had senior managers liaising with, with the trade union um, to, to keep people updated and they pulled the night services then around 3 o'clock because obviously those drivers were concerned about walking through the night and getting home Yeah, uh, The problem I suppose was that uh, many of the early morning workers uh, went to bed early and they may not have been tuned into news bulletins and so on. So they go to sleep and they get up and they <laughs> walk up to the bus stops where I saw them and they just did not know. Um, so I presume at that point they look at their phones and get the bad news they're going to have to walk. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's one of those things and it kind of landed on everybody uh, very quickly, going from from orange to red in a very short period of time. And then obviously because it was over the weekend, you wouldn't always have, I'm sure, staff in there to immediately communicate to, to customers when that happened. So it's kind of a, it was a, a, a direct result of, of the red when I warned, warned coming in so fast that everybody was kind of caught off guard. But I can tell you now, uh, speaking to air reps around the city, there are drivers now who have actually made their way into the depots. And I, I, I just heard your last comment saying that the red warning has been lifted. Once that's lifted, buses will get out on the road as, as quickly as they can. But they obviously, they have to be checked and they have to be, there was nobody out in the yards obviously this morning. It was too dangerous but the, yeah. but the drivers I've been sent photographs the drivers ready to go in the depots yeah. as we speak Yeah it, it does seem a bit odd though that um, public transport in the capital by and large um, wasn't happening this morning because Dublin bus is the most important element of public transport and you, you're just trying to think would that happen in London would that happen in Manchester would that happen in Paris was there a bit of overreaction here <clears throat> I w- no, I, I think they're right because remember what you're driving is you're driving a double decker bus. It's a very high sided vehicle. And and the last thing anybody wants is uh, we don't know if 115 kilometres an hour wind hits side on and the buses are going to topple it. So it's it's better to, to side on, on caution. Um, and it is an inconvenience for people who are trying to get to work. Um, but obviously, from our members' point of view, we have to look out and say, OK, once it's a red warning, <clears throat> we have criticised uh, the company in the past for not acting quickly enough. And in this case, they said, OK, look, it's, it's dangerous. We're taking the advice, as, as, as we heard earlier yeah. from Erdogan. Um, and we we hold off the buses until such time as that red warning uh, dissipates. And unfortunately, there's always going to be some customers who who will be put out of place. But that's kind of 
part and parcel for red warnings really isn't it yeah that's exactly right Sean thank you very much for joining us Sean Yates is chairman of uh, the Dublin bus branch from the National Bus and Rail Union Barry Kenny communications manager with Irish Rail is on the line Barry good morning Morning, Pat. So uh, we were told that trains would continue to run, uh, although at a slower speed, lest they happen upon some hazard on the permanent way. Um, Dart running too? Dart is running too. Dart commuter and intercity routes operating. As you say, we have a blanket 50 mile an hour uh, speed restriction on the network from uh, for services this morning. Uh, we've had our, our per way crews uh, on those first trains, uh, literally, so as they can clear the line uh, as fallen trees or obstacles or other issues uh, are come across. The, there were a significant number of trees down, particularly in the Midlands, so we've had a lot of disruption to Sligo, Galway and Westport service in particular, multiple trees down between uh, Athlone and Clonydonan, um and also between um, uh, Sligo and uh, sorry Longford and Edgewood as well. Um, so we've had as was a busy morning from that point of view, extensive delays on those routes. But we have had services operating on all routes around the network. Okay, so um, commuter rail is uh, running uh, probably at slower speeds. That means slight delays, I presume, for people uh, for uh, on their usual services. Yes, I mean, if you look at uh, services was in the greater Dublin area, you'd be talking about, you know, Dart, about 10 to 15 minute delays, commuter services, maybe up to about 30 minute delays, but we're getting people going. Obviously, there are far fewer people travelling, but there are people who do need to travel, uh, and uh, say we have the service for them. And then on the, say, the Galway, Westport, Sligo lines, delays of between an hour and two hours on some of those services, but the other intercity routes are, are generally operating with kind of you know, yeah. 30 to 40 minute delays. So, it's, as I say, uh, our, our crews have been doing incredible work. Uh, they've been in, in fact, uh, it was ahead of the, the red weather warnings to be in situ uh, so as to enable them to be in a position to clear those lines this morning. A, fi- a final question, Barry, about uh, you know inspecting the permanent way uh, to kind of storm-proof it. You'd imagine mm-hmm. that uh, trees that might be uh, likely hazards, particularly at this time of year where they're in full leaf and they're very close to the permanent way, you'd imagine that maybe the proper thing to do would be to survey the whole network uh, to make sure that you don't have this kind of hazard. I mean, the idea of a uh, a tree crossing a railway line, surely there shouldn't be trees of that kind of significance that close to the line. Well, obviously, we only own a certain amount of the property. We do, we do vegetation management year-round, obviously, within restrictions for cutting back uh, vegetation. Uh, but that type of you know, tree generally won't be on our own property uh, if we've got an issue where we identify that there's a, 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 if you like, a clear risk or the, uh, on an adjacent property, we will obviously liaise with that property owner. But, you know, in a storm... A previously healthy tree can come down, and uh, as we're fortunate in a number of locations, we have seen that today. Uh, but it's a vegetation management that's absolutely core to what uh, our infrastructure teams do right around the year to make sure the line is safe. All right, Barry, thank you very much for joining us. Barry Kenny, Communications Manager with Irish Rail, Transport Consultant and uh, Chief Executive of the RIAC, Connor Faulkner, is on the line. Connor, what can you tell us about conditions on the roads? 
Yeah, um, the entire country took quite a belt, as you've been discussing there, Pat. Um, so it's really the Midlands in a line from Galway across to Dublin but uh, and, and trailing away to the northeast. And right across that, uh, trees down, um, there's a, a lot of branches and debris on secondary roads. Um, so you can see that it took quite a battering. And now it does seem to have passed through fairly quickly. So I think the warning to drivers this morning is it's now a bright, sunny morning behind the storm. It looks safe. It's dark to feel safe, but there's still lots of debris around. So on secondary roads especially, the next bend in the road, there could easily be a branch in front sure. of you. So don't feel that the danger is gone, although it looks uh, like, a, like a much improved morning after what yeah. we've been hearing. And the other question of, of trees uh, that uh, may be shallowly rooted or the root system has been weakened by all the rain we've had over the past few weeks. Uh, they may have been further weakened by Storm Debbie and therefore might not take much more than a puff of wind to blow them over. So beware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think everyone is, is expecting that. I mean, the land is so saturated. It's been such a stormy and wet period. Um, and you can almost sense the vulnerability in a lot of the trees for anybody who's out and about on the countryside. So um, whenever there's a storm, um, you know, there's usually a criticism about whether they overreacted or overwarned. Um, but that that is the prudent act. And, and you know, it's evidence that there is danger. So it, uh, still now, if you're on the secondary road network off the beaten track at all, just be very conscious yeah. if you're in your car this morning. It's interesting talking to Barry Kenny about, you know, ensuring that the permanent way is free of trees that are likely to fall down and, and uh, cause a disruption. When we built our motorway system, that's what we did. There are no trees falling down across motorways. Yeah, that's right. Um, and look, if we were if we were building a rail network now, um, presumably, but you know, a lot of this is legacy infrastructure, and um, that we do the best we can to manage. I mean, we've got ninety thousand kilometres of secondary road in the country, Pat. Um, it all just has has to be managed um, on a day to day basis and planned for events like this for sure. But you're never going to have a morning where you don't have danger accompanying this sort of weather event. Connor Faulkner, Transport Consultant and Chief Executive of the RAAC. Thank you very much for... The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am. On News Talk.